This conference will now be recorded. This conference will now be recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. We had the week off last week. I was up at Omega having a wonderful time. And then I extended with my friends Judy and Miho into Germantown and Woodstock. And I took a couple of days, extra days off, which was really delicious. And now we are back here at the Weekly Weather on a lovely day, working on a moon day. Today is moon day. Uh, so this is the Weekly Weather for July 9th to July 16th. But we're going to look at a couple of things from last week because I didn't do the podcast because I was on vacation. Uh, this week we have a big hammer of Thor. We had a big hammer of Thor last week. We also have Mars, Pallas Athena, and Mercury changing signs, which, of course, when we have planetary disruptions up above, meaning they change signs or shift direction, we know it's kind of a big deal. So we've got that energy this week as we're working with this new energy of change coming in and we're wrapping up the last bits of the nodes in Taurus and Scorpio, which shift next week, but this week's our last week and then we don't see them for another 19 years. So back to 2003, back to 1985, back to 1966, if you're that old, I am, so I remember what was going on then. So there's big shifts, big changes taking place, and off we go. Okay, so our little summary here from the year ahead webinar that's on my website, often offered for your edification. Here's the July dates for all of you. And then Venus entered her retrograde shadow last week uh, on June 9th and she, June 19th, and she where she's in her retrograde shadow, and she will station retrograde next week on the 22nd. But so we're working with old friends coming back or seeing things or reconnecting with our Venusians. So I've been scheduling lots of friends and events and dinners out. Of course, it's all Venus-based. Um, and what have you been doing? You ran, in, ran into an old friend I hadn't seen. We were thinking, we were figuring it's been about eight years. Of course, that's the last time Venus met up in Leo. And uh, Sylvia worked for me for a while, um, after, you know, back a long time ago, which was, you know, it was nice. So when her niece called and we were having lunch, she said, oh, I'm, I'm having lunch with my former employer. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, that we did do that. You know, so it's, it's bringing up old memories of the past. So we're going to have Venus slowing this week because she stations to go retrograde next week on July 22nd. Uh, first up, there was a full moon last week on Monday, uh, and full moons, of course, are opportunities for us to reflect back on our past, and this full moon was at 10, uh, 11, rather, Cancer Capricorn, and so if you think back, the new moon for this was January 2nd of 2022, and then we had the first quarter next Octo last October when the moon was in Capricorn and the sun was in Libra, and now we have the full moon on July 3rd, and then next year in April, we have the closing square. So this is the longer phase. We know we have the 30 days. So when I was looking on this, I was remembering, oh, I know what I was doing in January of 2022. That's when I had the kittens. And so I decided on this full moon that I was gonna adopt that new kitten that was born uh, during the eclipses this year, and I thought, oh, 
okay, so I'm, because it's on my nodes of fate, right? And it's like new babies. So this cute little kitten is coming into the family. He gets his little kachachas cut off next week. Uh, and then he has to have some shots and stuff. And then I'm going to adopt him. And he will come live with Remo and I, uh, Rocky and Remo, or Remo and Rocky. He's also Rocky Eclipse, that's his nickname. And my cousin called him Goliath because uh, he was the last survivor of his family. So it's uh, out of bounds, moon and cap, out of bounds, Mars and cancer, moon and Mars and mutual reception. He's cute as a button. And so at any rate, that was the decision because back in January of 2022, I was becoming a kitten mother. That's when Betty White came to live with me and made that little batch of kittens. So we're having this forward motion family. And when Susan asked me this fall if I would do kittens, I go, I'm traveling a lot, no kittens. But now I'm shifting into a new mode, kittens. So for you, think about what was happening in January and then in October. And then this year is the full moon this week on uh, Monday last week on Monday, and then we have the third quarter next April. Uh, we also have the United States' birthday, which I like to look at the solar return for the U.S. This is our birthday chart, cast for Washington, D.C. Uh, the progressed sun, uh, was, the sun was, the solar return is when you have that phrase of many happy returns to the place of your birth, you know, the candle circle with the candle with one to grow on in the middle, that's the sun, right? A little circle with a candle in the middle. And so when the sun returned to the place it was on the Declaration of Independence signing day was uh, Wednesday, actually July 5th at 10.16 in the morning. So this is our birthday chart. And we notice there's a big finger of God in this chart, <laughs> fate, fate, fate with the moon and the Mars and Pallas Athena. We'll get a little closer look at that in a few minutes. Moon, Mars, Pallas Athena, all forming quincunxes to Jupiter and, or to Neptune and uh, Pluto. Um, so fingers of God give us a faded choice. We have a lot of quintiles in this birthday chart, which offer us the opportunity to be flowing, strategic and working on how we're gonna move and what we're gonna do. Of course, Saturn is on a world point uh, at six and almost seven of Pisces, seven and a half of the mutable is a world point. So we know this is a big year for us as a country in terms of deciding what our direction is. We do see a focus on ninth house matters with the North Node and Jupiter and Uranus there. Uranus, of course, promises unexpected events and he has just entered into the Capricorn decant of Taurus. So he's a lot about responsibility, reliability. He's the rock where he was in Virgo's decant from 10 to 20, he was worrying a little, but now he's in Capricorns. And so he's kind of clear what he's looking for. And we also have a lot of energy in the 11th house, which is uh, also the ninth house is higher education. Uh, and so we had the, just had the Supreme Court ruling uh, that was um, banning uh, affirmative action and a little spat between Katanji, uh, Judge Katanji J Jackson and Clarence Thomas, Justices Thomas and Jackson, where he kind of picked on her and she said, you know, you seem to have an issue with race, Clarence. So that was interesting. And then, of course, the group sued Harvard and said, let's get rid of legacy if we're really going to do it merit-based, because apparently 45% of Harvard's entering class is legacy people. 
um, and that's 900 seats because we have a class of about 2,000 every year. So they're going, then a new lawsuit saying, make it merit-based. Okay, let's really make it merit-based. And of course, legacies are people that have had parents that have gone to that school before. And um, so we see that Jupiter there on that North Node and Uranus, kind of an unexpected reaction to it. We also had some voting rules that were upheld. And, you know, it's an interesting chart because it's got a lot of stuff. And of course, with Mercury ruling the top of the chart and the direction we're heading and Mercury ruling the rising sign uh, at six of Virgo, we do see Mercury in 18 Cancer hanging out in the 11th house. So this is very much all of us thinking about our hopes and dreams. With Juno trining Saturn on a world point, you know, it's focusing on the heart, the, the hopes, the hopes and dreams that we have. And with that big old finger of God in the 12th house, that is opposite the moon in Aquarius, which we see when we align this to the Sibley chart. So we're still finishing up our Pluto return, right? Because Pluto's going back uh, into 27 all fall. And then he will be back a little bit more next year, but he will also come to our progressed Pluto. Uh, we also have the moon on Ceres, uh, which is how we're going to take action in terms of doing things. Um, we have this Neptune coming to the bottom of the chart. Of course, last time it was there, zero Aries was the civil war in our country. Um, and of course, Neptune and, Pis Neptune and Pisces is, you know, it's the, it's the malaise, you know, it's the depression, you know, it's the disillusionment energy, but it's also the very, very last degrees of the last sign of the zodiac. So that's a time of deep inspiration, <clears throat> but it also can be a time of deep depression. So we're gonna work a little bit more with Neptune. In the lecture that I attended, you know, at the weekend workshop at Omega, Lynn Bell did a great lecture on um, Neptune and how, you know, being in the last sign and how it is dissolving all these things. And I had been thinking of it more as Pluto but at Neptune and Pluto were in a sextile. They're both 27. So there's this big dissolving. And of course, this week, there's a giant finger of God in our solar return this year, but also in the sky, asking us to make fated choices, F-A-T-E-D, about what direction we're going to head in. So it's an interesting energy. Uranus here on Vesta, disturbing the home, disturbances in the home and the nodes in Jupiter in that fifth house of kids, children, community. So it's a, it's an, it's not a bad solar return. Sometimes we have really crazy ones, but other times it's, you know, they're reasonable. And I consider this to be a reasonable solar return for the most part. So we'll see how it plays out. And we do see that focus on ninth house matters, which is, you know, the 10th house is the executive branch, the 11th is Congress, the 9th house is the judicial branch. And we do see series at the top of the chart in terms of how we partner, how we communicate, what are we doing around that nurturing and creative energy in terms of what do we have as a vision for our country on our birthday. And I hope you all had, with your fireworks, you made a wish a happy birthday wish for the United States. If you didn't, it's not too late to send a happy belated birthday card, but wish the United States, you know, a um, uh, wish her a good birthday, you know, wish her a good year ahead. Um, of course, there's this huge finger of God that was going all last week 
with Mars and Pallas Athena in late Leo, forming a quincunx to Neptune and to Pluto. This is what fingers of God look like. Now that finger of God is still in place. It kicked off last week. It was very intense between the fifth and the ninth. And that was me, because this was on my Pluto, that was me playing hooky and going, you know, I think I'm gonna move all my appointments on Wednesday and Thursday, move them to next week. Um, I'm having fun up here on vacation. So uh, that was me playing hooky because Neptune and Pluto, I'm just gonna, you know, do this fun stuff. So think about where the fate and the finger were talking to you and think about what came in because there's fated events that are arriving with this Venus. Venus is in there too this week. Um, so Mars and Pallas Athena did it uh, last week and this week and Venus comes in and does it this week. So it's big. So now we move forward to this week's energy and we can see that Mercury is trying Neptune on Sunday and Mercury trines Neptune asks us to reconsider what we think is important and what our dreams are because the energy is very intense and very focused. Notice there's not a lot of air in the sky, uh, which means that we're really working high with our vision, our physical stuff and our water. Our emotions are very flowing with this with this uh, Mercury trine Neptune aspect. And so honoring the feelings. Remember feelings come up for us to help us gain emotional clarity. And one of the things that is very helpful to develop in your life is emotional intelligence where you understand the emotions that you're feeling. You understand how your body is emotionally processing. And of course, if you're listening to someone who's having a hard time or going through a difficult time, it's always helpful to train you in emotional intelligence. So I was reading an article about a, a very famous FBI um, hostage negotiator guy. And they were talking about the three steps of emotional intent, intelligence, which are a lot about validation and also mirroring what the person is saying to you and listening, you know, kind of reflecting back because that creates a space for people to communicate. So this is a good week to practice your emotional intelligence exercises. There's not a lot of air. So we're not talking, we're feeling. Uh, we're having these deep feelings. And of course, deep feelings require, uh, they, they kind of create a little emotional turbulence in folks and they require a little calmness to settle them. They need to calm down. They need to settle down. Kind of like stirring, you know, when you shake salad dressing, right? And you've got the oil in the beginner and you shake it and it blends together. But then once it calms down, it separates. So we wanna kind of be very conscious about how we're shaking up our emotions this week and also how we're working with those feelings uh, that, we're, that are gonna be coming up for us because Venus is of course in her retrograde shadow and she is moving into this finger of God, this faded finger. So lots of choices. Next up, Pallas Athena enters Virgo. Uh, and as she does so, we look to see Mercury's ruler because Virgo answers to Mercury and Mercury's in Cancer. And on the day that Pallas Athena enters Virgo, which is Monday today, the moon is in Aries, very fast moving, very quick, very speedy. And moon in Aries reports into the Mars in Leo. And Mars in Leo says, what's your heart's path? 
uh, what is it you really want? What's the passion? And then Leo reports into the sun and the sun is in cancer, uh, which means he reports into the moon in Aries. So we get to the moon in Aries twice, which makes the moon in Aries, which is action, quick, fast. My friend Heather always calls it ready, fire, aim. Uh, so we're going to have fast emotional responses, fast strategic visioning, fast ideas about how we can get stuff done for Pallas Athena's two-month journey, uh, or four-month journey, rather, in um, Virgo, because the ingress chart speaks to that fast energy. Right behind Pallas Athena entering Virgo, Mars enters Virgo. Same configuration. Now, Mars is here in Virgo. And he is also answering to that moon. And the moon is on a world point for both of them. It, not for much Pallas Athena, but certainly for uh, Mars. So moon is answering, Mars is answering to the moon and the moon answers to Mars. So there's an energy of intensity and passion, but we also have Mars answering to the Virgo, Merc or the Mercury in Cancer, which then goes to uh, that moon in Aries, the moon in Aries goes to the sun, the sun goes back to the moon. So we have a very passionate Mars also being driven by this moon in Aries. And Mars will be in Virgo through the end of August, which makes this summer very active, very to-do list. So you should leap out of bed on Monday today and feel like, oh my God, I got all this stuff done. And I know in my case, I got a lot of stuff done today. I still have a lot to do, but I love this new energy because Mars and Virgo is not, Mars and Leo is wants to kick back and play and take a couple extra days of vacation like I did last week. And Mars and Virgo goes, okay, we got this to do and this to do and this to do. And it gets you your to-do list, gets you your marching orders, gets you organized, gets you throwing things away, gets you figuring out like, okay, bop, 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 what am I doing? So there's a very intense energy with these two planets shifting into Virgo. Now, they're still part of that finger of God with Neptune and Pluto, but the configuration also kicks up a bit because then later on Monday, Mercury is opposite Pluto, which of course happens once a year. Um, but Mercury in its opposition to Pluto is also going to be part of that energy that we're, we're answering to, that the Mars and the Athena are answering to. And Pluto in Mercury opposite Pluto invites us to look power, look at our triangles, look at our creative process, understand what it is we're trying to create. And again, including that moon and that Mercury opposite Pluto includes a T-square, is a T-square from the moon in Aries squaring it. And notice how close those nodes are right? You know, the Pluto's at 29, he's squaring the nodes. Mercury's at 29, he's moving in to square the nodes. So there's a lot of energy around choice and options and direction and where we're going as part and parcel of this journey. This conference will now be recorded. And speaking of T-squares, the buzzer buzz from the delivery guy. When I record this on Sunday, no delivery guy buzzing. Took the phone off the hook. But Mercury opposite Pluto, the delivery guy buzzed. Again, no air in the sky. Everybody's feeling really, really, really emotional, but very action-oriented. Look at how big those bars are in the bottom. Feeling I absolutely positively have to do something. So that's that T-square on Monday and kind of pushing us forward 
into a new direction, a new calling, a new purpose. And the moon shoots over, it's on the node. So it's picking up that nodal energy of the choices that we face. Um, whoops. This conference will now be recorded. I misrepresented that. That was the food being delivered. My friend Madeline's coming for dinner. Chinese food just arrived. She's not here yet for a little bit more. So anyway, that energy of Mercury moon square, good, off we go. So Mercury enters Leo on Tuesday morning. Um, and so that kicks us into, he's shifting into Mercury out of Cancer, which means he's answering to the sun in Cancer. So he's gonna be affected every time for, for the next 12 days. Every time the moon shifts, Mercury's going to really feel like he needs to behave in a different way to get the sun what the sun wants. And as Mercury enters Cancer and enters Leo, he's going to set up this big configuration in the sky around how we proceed and where we go. There's a huge thing going on in the heavens with all these choices. And here we've lost the water. You can see how far down the water bar is gone but how big this earth energy is. So we have the moon on the nodes, part one. Now remember the nodes are shifting in a few days. So this is their last visit from these planets for 19 years in this sign, right? So the moon's on that north node encouraging us to grow when it goes into Taurus. Mercury is squaring the nodes of fate. It's called a situation we call in the bends where we have to make fated choices, F-A-T-E-D. So Mercury now in Leo squares those nodes and says, faded choices, faded choices. We have Mars and Athena in Virgo, and they are trining the North Node, sextiling the South. So they're saying, okay, let's get working on that project that we're gonna bring out into the world. We also have, here you can see Venus, Mars, Pallas Athena, all forming a finger of God with Pluto and Neptune as the legs. Now that Pluto-Neptune configuration is very fertile. It's got a lot of earthy, watery energy, wants to create things, wants to grow stuff, wants to make things happen. And it is in the sections, Pluto's in the Virgo decant and Neptune is in the Scorpio decant. So think Virgos and Scorpios getting together and doing things, very efficient. It's kind of like therapy with your best friend when you go out and they go, so why are you doing that again? A lot of questioning energy here. We also have Neptune forming a finger of God by as the apex, another secondary apex with the south node and those Mars. That's called a focused finger. So it really calls into play us thinking very seriously about what our dreams are and why. Now, Neptune isn't gonna shift into Aries for a couple more years, but Pluto is shifting. He already did shift, remember? He was in Aquarius. He's gonna go back in Aquarius, So and he's gonna square these notes, I mean, kind of symbolically square these notes. So the decisions and the events that happened this week of July 11th uh, is, is big, because this is in place running for a few days, and we have that Mercury-Pluto opposition where we're really getting clear, Mercury and Leo, what we want, what, what our heart wants. And Mercury and Leo is considered a little bit in its, it's considered in its fall because it's um, exalted in Aquarius. Mercury and Leo is about you. 
It's about what you want, not what everybody else wants for you. And it's not got a whole focus on, well, maybe you need to do this, maybe you need to do that. It's gonna sit you down and it's gonna say, so how are you spending your life? How are you spending your time? What are you doing? Are you happy with it? And if you say no, it's gonna say, well, what are you gonna do to change it? Because Mars and Athena are now in Virgo, take action, go do something. And they are answering to that Mercury and Leo saying, well, why are you wasting your life doing that when you know you really wanna do this? So it's a very inspirational couple of days this week. And it can be hearing from old people, it can be coming up with your own dreams, it can be floating in your pool thinking. I was talking to my friend Joanne and she's like, I just get in my pool and I think. And I was talking to another friend who was saying, I'm just crying my eyes out all the time. Neptune, listening to music, paying attention to the feelings, understanding them on a deeper level and understanding there's this restlessness in your soul. And Mars and Virgo is a little bit of ants in the pants, Mars. You know, you know, those people that are always up and running around and then they go do the dishes and then they go do this and then they go do that. That's a very Mars and Virgo sign. They always have a big to-do list and they have to get things done and, and, you know, don't disturb them until they get them done. If you say, well, gee, I'd really like you to do this. Mars and Virgo goes, I have this list of stuff I have to do before I can do it. So let them do the stuff they have to do before they can do it and then come back again. And if you're doing it with yourself, this is your to-do list suddenly just got a lot bigger, a lot longer, a lot stronger. And it's an interesting energy because you can also see that grand cross in the middle between Mercury opposite Pluto and both of them in a square to the nodes. So it's a very dynamic week because the Mars is trining the North node saying, go this way. And Mercury is saying, and make sure it's your heart's path and Moon in Taurus, of course, is delicious on the North Node. And Venus is in Leo saying, well, what is it you really love? And are you acting in that passion? Are you acting in that creativity? So when I've been talking to people who are feeling a little stymied or a little stuck, I pull up what their Neptune is. I pull up what their Venus was. And I say to them, back when you were whatever age it is, look at the degree of the planet and divide the... Um, minutes by five to get the time of the year. The degree is the year. What were you doing at that age? What was important to you? What did you wanna do? Sometimes you were dancing, sometimes you were singing, sometimes you were riding horseback, some, you know, whatever you were doing, whatever it was that was inspirational, go do it. Cause Venus wants you to create and play. And you know, when you're creating from a place of joy in your life, it's joyful it's joyful and it doesn't feel, it makes the time fly, it inspires you, it refreshes you, it helps you feel alive. So this energy is very important for us to work with this week with this crossroads of energy that we're in where the planets are act, asking us how to proceed. Now it's in orb all week, but the aspects particularly happen on July 11th, Tuesday. So it's supercharged. Wednesday has a bit of depression and sadness. So there's also a lot of uh, emotional energy on Wednesday. So I'm not quite sure what that's gonna be, but it kind of is all the choices that we make on Tuesday get us 
maybe feeling a little sad. So, you know, like when you graduate from school, I remember senior week, you know, they have us um, come the week before graduation, we all get to hang out and do senior week. And you realize you're having a wonderful time with these people, but you're never all gonna be together again in the way you were. And, you know, I went to a wonderful college that we were very communal. Uh, and, and I remember senior week being particularly melancholic because I have Saturn and Scorpio, so I hate endings and kind of going, we're never going to do this again. We're all, this is our, you know, and a lot of people were like, I'm out of here. I'm ready to roll. You know, like when the party ends, I'm always like the last one to leave. Um, but that's this kind of melancholic energy because the aspect on Tuesday is so much, let's get out of Dodge, let's go, let's fly. And lots of exciting energy because of these fingers of fate and Mercury and law and Pallas Athena, the details, uh, the, the checklist, the process of how we get there. So there's a very strong energy around how we do this stuff. Lots of quintiles, there's a lot of help in the heavens. So if you're feeling a little overwhelmed and you're feeling a little bit, you know, kind of like, oh my God, I don't know what to do, ask for help. Just shoot your heaven eyes heavenward and go, I could use a little help here and see what shows up to help you. Because this is also a week where the universe wants to give us guidance, wants to bring us stories, ideas, have us see things in a way we maybe hadn't seen them before so we can make our choices and move forward. And because of all the energy of earth, in the heavens uh no now we have we have all this earth it's a really about a physically manifesting we also have the sun in a sextile to uranus this week and of course that happens every year um you know sun has one day where it sextiles uranus and that is of course a week of change a time of change because uranus always looks at us and says what are we changing and uranus right now has moved into the capricorn decant so he is blowing up the rocks whatever the rocks are in your life, he's in the mood to make them rumble. So we want to kind of go, okay, you're in Capricorn's decant. I get it. We're going to be blowing up the rocks. We're going to be blowing up the roadblocks. We're going to be rowing up, blowing up how things move in our world. And so that's the, and you can hear the, the sirens outside my window. It's always fun to live in New York because I love the audio effects that I don't even plan, but the universe gives me to accompany this weekly weather. Uh, we also have starting towards the end of the week, Venus moving into that finger of God. And of course, the finger of God is Pallas Athena, Mars moving out, but Venus moving into it. So there's an energy here of Mars and Athena shifting our focus and Venus saying, oh, okay, that's the path. Now, you know, she's not going to go into Virgo until October. So she's slowing. So this is very slow roll when we get to the weekend, when we get to Saturday. Um, and that is the energy for the week. Very important changes this week. Those fingers of God bring fated changes, F-A-T-E-D. So we know we're up for a lot of change and new directions. As we mentioned before, these energies are potent. Uh, it is very big forward energy. These configurations are part of our solar return for the year for the birthday of the United States. So we know the United States will be going through faded times and we're all having them in our charts. So take these charts and apply them to your, um, apply them to your chart and look at what's going on. Because this week, lots of choices, particularly things at the 25, 26, 27 degrees 
in your chart because that's where the finger is. In my case, that's my Pluto is 25 Leo. Uh, so last week when Venus was on it, I was like, I want to play hooky. Um, for all the rest of us, it's figuring out what our, and also made some big decisions about my life, including adopting the cat. But the energy is, um, uh, it's kind of a lot to do with our forward motion, right? So the sun this week goes from 18 to 24. And remember, the sun moves slower in the summer than it does in the winter in the northern hemisphere. The big features with the sun, it has a stressful aspect with Saturn on the note of fate on the 14th. That can be some endings. It also asks us to take our stories about how we might be feeling a little wounded and work with those in a new way because the sun also squares Chiron this week. Not a huge aspect, but you know, we teach what we learn. We learn it, then we teach it. And a lot of times we learn painful things and we teach those, not in a mean way, but in a, well, I'm trying to be helpful here. And then we have that once every year, sun Uranus explosion, creativity, expansion, and it's in water and earth. Um, so there's a shift and a change in terms of direction. Watch for water a little out of control. We had some big flooding upstate New York, took out some lady got carried away by the river in front of her house and her and her dog are no longer with us. And the roads got washed away because the water was so strong. So we are gonna have a lot of water energy with us. Mercury this week runs from 27 Pisces or 27 Cancer to nine and a half Leo. It enters Leo, of course, on the 11th. It has a trine to Neptune and an opposition to Pluto at the beginning of the week. And then at the end of the week, in the middle of the week on the 11th, it squares the nodes of fate. And it says, standing in your Leo, standing in your heart space, what is the direction you want to head in? Please, please, please choose that North Node in Taurus. Please go towards that because that's a, you know, that's a better better option, just suggesting Mars is trining that, the moon, Mercury square, a lot of stuff pushing you on that north, towards that north node in Taurus, towards the growth space. Um, we also have Mercury in a quintile to Uranus, which is kind of an affirmation. A lot of times when you have that, the universe comes along and goes, good job, and kind of pats you on the head. And you get, you get that little sense of, oh, uh, that's good, I, I wanted to do that. And we also have Mercury making changes around your home and hearth with his sextile. Venus this week, not doing a lot. She's moving very slowly. She's basically at 26, 27, because she's getting ready to station and go retrograde. Now remember, Venus is gonna basically park at this degree, right? And so this finger of God with her runs for a while. A few years back, I had a class and I had two students, people that had met their beloveds on the Venus uh, star point that we're about to have. There was an excellent lecture that Kepler had just last week with uh, Miss, I never say her name right, Jujia Sims out of um, CIA in Australia. So it's available on Kepler for free. Go listen to it. It talks about the upcoming Venus star point, which is going to happen on August 13th this year. So we're getting ready for that Venus star point, but we also have Venus stationing in a finger of fate. So we're meeting our fate this week. And when I had this, um, you know, back in 19, I had two assistants, Rachel and Rose. And I said to them, hey, because it was the full moon version. And I said, what were you guys thinking back in 15? And Rachel said, well, I decided I was going to 
um, kind of uh, focus on my life and what I wanted. And I wanted to find a nice guy and get married and um, have a family. And so in a few months, she was getting four, four years later, she was getting met. She'd met her husband, Spencer, and she was getting married to him. And of course, they have lovely Sheena, their baby. Um, and my assistant Rose said I was in a bad play in Baltimore and I thought I could write a better play. And she had written a play and it was getting uh, talked about being produced off off Broadway. It got a little delayed because of COVID, but it did get produced. Rose has another play coming out and I'm waiting to see if, you know, Rachel and Spencer announce a new baby. They may not because Rachel is, I'm only having one. I'm like, well, Okay, but this is this is the creative energy of that dream that she had back in 15 about finding a wonderful guy and Spencer's terrific and her baby is just, Sheena is just adorable. So we'll see, we'll see, this is the seeding of that. So think back to August, August of 19, August of 15, August of 11, August of seven. The Sun-Venus conjunction happened in those Augusts and new beginnings happened in your life. We have Venus, and I'll do more on her as we get closer, but that's kind of getting you ready to think about stuff as the finger of fate forms in the sky with Venus in a uh, in a lovely configuration with Pluto and Neptune. Making your dreams come true is the energy we call it. Uh, so that's it. Venus enters her finger this week. Um, the finger of fate. And it's not the fickle finger. It's not like Monty Python. This is a good finger. And it's a new eight-year cycle starting. We also have Mars, as we mentioned, going into Virgo. We have Mars meeting up with Athena, Mars trining the nodes of fate, and also linking up with them by declination. That's going to happen on the 13th. So really important week for pulling in new people that you're going to work with, create with, do things with. Jupiter is in a sextile to um, a series, wanting to create a community, a tribe, a relationship. Saturn is on the world point, squaring Vesta. So this is a lot about changing the home and the hearth and shifting your home environment and getting a better home for yourself or changed home. Uh, we also have Uranus in Taurus in a sesquiquadrate to two series this week, how we nurture, what we nurture, uh, and why that shows up. We also have, as we mentioned before, Pallas Athena entering into Virgo. And then she has a trine to the nodes of fate. And she's justice too. So we're anticipating some more indictments coming in. And we do have, I believe on Friday, there's the first preliminary hearing of uh, the Mar-a-Lago papers down in, uh, down in Florida, which of course is as Venus aspects this finger. And we also have Juno in a quintile to the north node. So it's an interesting week in terms of our directions, we are going towards a new moon, uh, which also kind of heads us into, we're in a release phase, is we're in a balsamic approach to the new moon, and we're having the nodes shifting. Remember, 19 years, long time, um, when the nodes shift. It also, because the south node is in Scorpio, it's a big departure week, where people are kind of finished energetically and need to move on to a new space, a new time, sometimes a new reality. They leave Earth. It does look like we have a big, uh, a fairly famous uh, person pass on the 12th with the with Moon square Uranus, or Moon conjunct Uranus, and Moon is also in Taurus on the world point. 
So we'll see what happens. Big week, big week that way too. So on Monday, on Sunday, oops, another buzzer. This conference will now be recorded. Madeline arrived. So we're getting ready for dinner. The last little bits of the moon this week. So uh, so the moon on Monday is, Sunday and Monday is in Aries and it goes void at 7.11 p.m. with a square to Mercury. And then it is into Taurus at 7.55 p.m. tonight. And then it goes into, it's in Taurus moving slowly. Uh, the evening of the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, going void at 2.11 a.m. on the 13th with a lovely trine to Pluto. Then Mercury moon goes void at 2.11 on Thursday morning, enters Gemini at 3.26. It's in Gemini on the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, going void at 8.35 in the morning with a square to Neptune, the dream, the emotional emotional reaction. We had this a couple of weeks ago. This is when Tina Turner died. So I think we might be losing somebody in the music field. We'll see. Uh, and then moon goes into cancer, 1.13 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, and it's in cancer on Saturday the 15th, Sunday the 16th. And it goes void with the new moon. Uh, there's a new moon on Monday the uh, the 17th. Um, and that will be uh, going void. It also goes void at 11.06 with an opposition to Pluto. So, and the new moon is going to be at 24 Cancer. So there's a lot of energy this week around emotions, feelings and emotions, not a lot of air in the sky. The difficult days are uh, the 12th. The 11th has a lot of choices. Um, and we have a tough day on Saturday, the 15th. But basically the moons, the moons are okay. They're kind of have, they're kind, but they're very, very sensitive. It's a very sensitive and very emotional week. And, you know, some weeks are like that. Um, and this is going to be one of them. So when we look, we have a new moon webinar coming. We have the new moon on the 17th. It's not up on the website, but it will be in a couple of days. Um, and so the new moon will be Sunday, the 17th, the 16th of July for the new moon that happens on the 17th uh, next week. And that is it. We're off and running. Wishing you a great week. Have fun. Forward motion. Full steam ahead. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Take care and have a great week. Bye.